My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. Preseason is in the books. The 53-man roster is set. We are just days away now from the start of the 2017 Steelers season. And on top of all that, this is episode 200 of Steeler Country. We will have Joe and Mike back on the podcast uh, later on. I want to start tonight's podcast by reviewing the 53-man roster, because again, I did a, I did my predictions last week. I want to go over what I got right, which is, you know, just, I got a couple things right, but what I got wrong is quite a, fit, quite a bit more. So let's go over that uh, and where the Steelers did surprise in a, in, a, in a few ways. First of all, what I got right is the easy ones, right? Quarterback, uh, the, the, the Steelers keep three, Ben, Landry, Dobbs. They didn't keep Bart Houston. There was some talk that the Steelers could keep two quarterbacks. A lot of teams are doing that nowadays. Uh, the Steelers elect to keep all three. Not a real shocker there. At running back, I kind of had inside info here. I knew Nile Davis was cut. I knew Fitzgerald Toussaint was cut. So uh, glad to see Terrell Watson making the roster, right? I mean, this is a situation where, you know, Tomlin talks in, in training camp all the time about young guys have this ability in, in preseason to, to make a roster by going out there, playing hard, and, and showing their talent. And Terrell Watson was that guy. A lot of us felt like he wouldn't make the roster because, again, there were established veterans who were just above him in the depth chart, and he really wasn't going to get that chance. And, you know, to the Steelers' credit, they went out there and, and, and they actually made this move. They cut Niall Davis. I said this last week. This is a very, very risky pick. Behind Le'Veon Bell now, you have a rookie in James Conner and essentially a rookie in Terrell Watson. Um, I, again, I think the talent at running back is not a problem, but again, veteran, being a veteran, and knowing what it takes to be a quality player in regular season football games, we just don't have that at backup running back right now. We have all potential. So it's going to be an interesting spot for the Steelers. Uh, offensive line was an easy one. The Steelers kept nine there. They kept Filer because he had no practice squad eligibility. and um, So that made that choice pretty easy. Either you keep him on the active roster or you're going to lose him uh, probably via free agency. Outside linebacker was another easy one. The Steelers keep five, including uh, Arthur Motes. This, this decision was made when Keon Adams got hurt, uh, and, and the Steelers didn't really have any options at outside linebacker other than the five guys who made it. And then, of course, kicker and punter. It's a pretty easy one when there is no competition at kicker or punter uh, to predict who's going to make the roster. The Steelers keep Chris Boswell and Jordan Berry. Now, going on to what I got wrong here, uh, defensive line, the Steelers end up keeping Daniel McCullers instead of LeVon Hooks. This is like, an, I don't know, this is a weird one to me because... McCullers has been on the roster for a couple years now, has not done much. He's a big guy. He's a nose tackle type. But, you know, again, he's the only thing he has going for him is that he's big. He's not athletic. He's not a playmaker in any way, really has not shown much throughout his career. But, you know, he might get used in some two nose tackle situations, potentially goal line. I, I don't really get this pick. But, again, I don't really care either because LeVon Hooks wasn't showing too much either way. I, the Steelers kind of were in a situation where they had to keep six. And so you're really just choosing at the end of your roster who, you know, who's the sixth guy or the fifth guy. Um, inside linebacker, the Steelers keep Steven Johnson. 
uh, on the roster, so they have five inside linebackers. Again, he, this is a special teams pick for them. They felt like they needed a guy in Steven Johnson for special teams, and that's fine. Um, another ho-hum kind of roster addition. At tight end, they keep Xavier Grimble over David Johnson. Xavier Grimble, I thought, would get cut when Vance, when Vance McDonald got added to the roster. Again, Vance McDonald fills a lot of the needs that you wanted out of out of Xavier Grimble, right? You you wanted a second tight end who could also be a pass catcher. Xavier Grimble has made some decent catches throughout his career, but again, consistency has always been his problem. I guess the Steelers feel like they you know they keep him on the roster. They again, the potential is there for him to be a more consistent player, but. As the third tight end on this team, I don't see him getting a lot of playing time. And again, it's going to be all Vance McDonald, all Jesse James. The thing about David Johnson and keeping him is he adds a utility blocking tight end that right now the Steelers don't have. They really only Vance McDonald is, is you know, your kind of quote-unquote blocking tight end. So an interesting keep there. Cornerback, uh, the rumors of them keeping five were wrong. They actually did keep six. And Cam Sutton did go to IR. But the Steelers keep six and keep Brian Allen their rookie who they took in the sixth round. Uh, look, he's going to get stashed and probably inactivated for most games, and so he'll be grown over time, won't be really an impact player in 2017. But I'm excited that they believe in him enough to use a roster spot on him and not try to cut him and get him through waiver wire and onto the practice squad. Um, they, they clearly feel like this is a guy that they can grow. He's a tall guy. I think he's over six feet tall, converted wide receiver to corner. Um, and, and this is the kind of thing we have not seen from the Steelers in, in recent history, right? They've taken a lot of late-round corners, but a lot of those guys just get cut right around now. They don't, they don't make the roster. So seeing Brian Allen actually make the roster is exciting because it clearly they clearly believe that they have something in him that they didn't see in a lot of those other guys. Uh, at safety, I was pretty close to right here. I, I thought that they would go out and get a safety outside the organization. They did. They traded for J.J. Wilcox. But in, in doing so, they cut Jordan Dangerfield. Now, Jordan Dangerfield was injured against Carolina. Uh, they cut him injured. So it, whether or not that injury was serious enough that he did need to be cut or this was just a, a situation where they were making roster room for J.J. Wilcox, who knows. But I, I've made my thoughts well known on this podcast for the past couple weeks how I feel about the safety position. I think it is the most thin position the Steelers have on the roster or had on the roster until this move. Um Again, I think Robert Golden has, has shown that he cannot be the first safety off the bench, especially with Mike Mitchell already nursing an injury. And if anything were to happen um, to Sean Davis, you know, this team is, is paper thin at, at safety. And so getting a guy like J.J. Wilcox means that we can keep Robert Golden and keep him because he is such a great player on special teams. Um, but again, have a guy coming off the bench that can fill in for a Mike Mitchell or a Sean Davis. And J.J. Wilcox is a former starter. He started on Dallas last year. He was signed by Tampa Bay this year, only traded because they got T.J. Ward, and they felt like they upgraded over J.J. Wilcox. I'm very happy with this pick. Again, we're not going to ask J.J. Wilcox to come in and start right off the bat, but we're just going to add him for depth. Uh, so I I'm very, very pleased with that, and it means that Robert Golden can stay being the a very good special teams player, with which is what he is, and not have to be forced into a role, whether it be as a third safety or in a dime safety or that kind of thing. And then a wide receiver... The Steelers shocked the world here. Well, I mean, not the world. They, they shocked the city of Pittsburgh, that's for sure. Sammy Coates traded to the Cleveland Browns, which I absolutely could not believe the tweet when I read it from, from the Steelers' official Twitter account. Uh, first of all, my first thought is, holy crap, we traded Sammy Coates. And my second thought is, holy crap, we traded Sammy Coates to the Browns? It'd be one thing if we traded Sammy Coates to the, you know, the Detroit Lions or, or, you know, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks, right? And it's, you stat, put him in the NFC, we're gonna face him every four years, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
But trading Sammy Coates to the Cleveland Browns means that we're going to have to face this guy twice a year. In fact, we're going to have to face this guy in like four days. Uh, it was a, this is a shock. This is a shock. Sammy Coates, uh, had a very quiet preseason and we knew the last roster spot at wide receiver was going to come down to Justin Hunter or Sammy Coates. I, I thought Sammy Coates would make the roster just based on the amount of playing time he was given. Sammy Coates was given the opportunities where Justin Hunter was not, especially in that third preseason game, especially with the starting offense. You know, the, the problem for Sammy is he's been very, very quiet. He, he has not actually had a, a great preseason by the numbers. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that he's having Landry Jones throw him the football and, and Josh Dobbs, and so he's maybe not given the same opportunities. Although you could say the same thing about Justin Hunter, right? I mean, again, Justin Hunter's not playing much with Ben, right? He's having the same uh, issues at quarterback that, that Sammy Coates is. So this, I think there, I think there are questions though about Sammy Coates. First of all, is he fully healthy, right? Sammy Coates had a, a great couple games last year, but then he broke those fingers. He had some hamstring issues. He had a knee scope coming into this year, missed a couple weeks of training camp and the first preseason game. So that's the first thing. Is he healthy? Second of all, mental toughness, right? Is he mentally tough enough to play wide receiver in the National Football League? We saw him make those couple big plays against Kansas City and the Jets. But when he was, the rumor was he was thought to be healthy at the end of last year. They put him in against New England. The first third down play, third and one, the Steelers elect to go deep. They have man-to-man coverage against Sammy Coates. He's open. The ball, Ben puts it right on the money and he drops it. You know, he was called out after Ben, or after that game by Ben. So, Again, we're, we're our whole the, everything we think about Sammy Coates is all about those two games. And again, we think we think pretty well of him, right? This, this podcast, Steeler Country, we gave him the runner-up for most potential of 2016. So, uh, look, I, I get the the initial shock, and it still hasn't worn off of me because, again, you know, I still remember what happened against Kansas City and against the Jets, and how good Sammy Coates was. And if Sammy Coates goes to Cleveland and plays that well, it's going to be tough for Steeler fans to swallow to watch that, you know. To, to watch that two times a year. Now, going back to Justin Hunter, he's a big guy. He's, this is a, you know, a six, six foot, six foot plus receiver. He's got good size, good speed. Ben likes his big receivers. And again, when you talk about a guy that has that kind of size, you start to think about the problems the Steelers had last year in the red zone. And could this, could he be another piece to that puzzle of solving, you know, what was a pretty horrific red zone offense last year? So, that is the 53-man roster as it exists. Uh, again, I think I think the big thing here is the Steelers seem to be, you know, they seem to be all in, win now mode, going for it, uh, bringing in Vance McDonald, bringing in JJ Wilcox, you know, revamping the entire secondary. This is exciting. So let's bring in Mike and Joe for episode 200 of this podcast. We have done 200 of these things. I remember, guys, when we were first doing this back in. What was it? 2008. And we spent, I don't know how many podcasts that year. Uh, just what? We were just bitching and moaning about Bruce Arians in that offense. Good old days from 200 games ago. 200 podcasts ago. I don't know if, I don't know if that was 200 games. I, we, we might have, I might have, I might have missed a couple podcasts here and there. That's been a long time talking Steeler football. Well, tis the football season. I am ready for some football. Indeed. So. It's, I like that episode 200 falls on the season preview for this year. Because, as I said at the top, it, it's hard. You know, I've been watching football since like 1992, 1993 of the first seasons I can really remember as a Steeler fan. It's hard for me to remember 
a season going into it where I am, where I feel like the team, you know, if you look back in 2005, we won the Super Bowl in 2005, right? Joe, I remember you and I uh, sitting around after we, we watched the, the, that team lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they were 6-5 and five that year, and we both were saying, God, this team doesn't even deserve to make the playoffs after a performance that bad. And then that team would go on to, to win six straight, you know, kind of a miracle to end that season. You know, they, again, they win against Cincinnati on the road. They win against Indy in, in the craziest upset, maybe in Steeler history, and then go on to win that Super Bowl. 2008, again, that's when we started doing this podcast, so it's well documented. You can go back and listen to, to us and what we thought about that team, especially early. And especially early in that season, we didn't even realize how good a defense we had until, you know, maybe three or four weeks into the season where we started to say, hey, hold on a second. We might have a championship caliber defense. But 2017, I think, feels different from either, from anything previously because going into the season, this team feels like it is turning what, what were weaknesses last year and what were weaknesses even a week ago and not just trying to patch them up, but trying to turn them into strengths. The signings of Joe Hayden, trading for Vance McDonald at tight end, trading for J.J. Wilcox, continuing to add and add and add players at, at positions of need. Um, this team, Mike, this team feels like it is in absolutely win right now mode. It does feel like that. I mean, you know, offensively, we're loaded with Le'Veon Bell and the wide receivers, and it seems like we have even better wide receivers than last year. And now filling those holes, just like you said, that's a great thing. I think Joe Hayden, hopefully, is a great pickup. Um, but sometimes it seems like sometimes you have to get great, you know, with your own players. And when you try to fill these holes, like sometimes like the Redskins and teams like that try to do that, bringing these big free agent names, it just doesn't work out. But in this case, it's more like we are, we're addressing our weaknesses basically. And, you know, you can't fault them for that. Joe, I know you've been uh, very vocal about the defense, you know, last year, um, you know, even as the defense started to, you know, to look better. I know you were very vocal with like, hey, hold on, you know, there's still problems in this secondary. We have to address some of this stuff. You know, I, I know we haven't actually seen it in the regular season yet, right? So it's hard to say that, you know, they dressed it all and it's all it's all fixed. But uh, certainly you, you have to give the, the front office credit for going out there, for taking the secondary and basically blowing it up, right? If you look at what the secondary was last year with Ross Cockrell, with uh, Justin Gilbert, with Al Shabazz or whatever his name was, right? Those guys are all gone. Jordan Dangerfield gone. They replaced them. They, we've got new starters at both uh, outside corner and nickel. I mean, at, at least the Steelers are not doing the same old like, well, we'll just win with what we have. They're going out there and they're making they're making the effort to make this team better. Yeah, so that that is encouraging. Um, thank you for having me back to your 200 podcast. Tony. It, it is encouraging that that they're that they're you know they're they're facing the, the reality that you know what's happening. Um, look, when, when you're, if you're hired as a coach, right, in the NFL and you're gonna, you're gonna take over a dog of a team, uh, your first order of business is build a team that can win the division. So what do you do? You look at the, you look at the team that's winning the division right now and, and you, you man for man, spot for spot, uh, strategy for strategy, you build a team that can exploit your nemesis weaknesses. And if you're successful, you can you you beat that team before anyone even knows what's going on. Um, so the Steelers have a nemesis; they absolutely do. They can't get out of the AFC. They cannot get out of the AFC uh, to save their lives. They've had Ben Roethlisberger, a championship quarterback. They've had championship caliber defenses, championship caliber uh, 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 receivers, um, and they can't get out of the AFC. They they just can't do it. 
Um, they've made it to the they've made it to the big dance three times in how many seasons? Eleven or twelve seasons with Ben. Um, and and I think you know they're all in because how many years are there of Ben that are left? And and we know we know from the years of having a great defense and no quarterback um, how difficult it is to ever get to the Super Bowl um, w- without a, a quarterback like Ben. So and there's no and we know how long it takes to find a guy like that. The years between Bradshaw and Ben you know were numerous and. They were they were the bad news bears of, of quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I'm going all over the place here, but um, I'm glad they're I'm glad they're facing these things. I think they're doing it, you know, because time is of the essence. Um, but I hope I hope that they realize that there is a there's a, a problem with the scouting and the and the draft selections because they're not built. This is this is very unlike Chuck Knoll. This is not Chuck Knoll esque. At all, um, well, and I think uh, in a so, lot of ways it's on Steeler esque, right? I mean, that, that, I yeah, think that's why it's it so is. crazy for us to sit on this podcast and talk about, holy crap, we went and spent nine million dollars on a cornerback to bring it, bring him in from outside the organization. The Steelers have, you know, Joe, to your point, since the 1970s, built through the draft, and and the, the free agent signings that we've had have kind of been those under the radar, you know, guys who other who were never really were big stars in the league or they, or they had the glimmer, right? You, the biggest one we had in the nineties was Jerome Bettis, right? We, we got Jerome Bettis, but he was an outcast from LA. Uh, you know, he was never a star in the league. And then he came to Pittsburgh and we grew him into that star in, in the two thousands. It was guys like, uh, Kimo von Olhoffen and, and James Ferrier who were brought in and again, sort of groomed in this program. James Ferrier was never a household name. He still isn't right. But, but again, he was not like, you know, this great inside linebacker coming in from, from the New York Jets, right? But we, we brought him into this defense, and again, he was part of that 2008 mix. But n- almost never has it been like, holy crap, you know, we're going out there and we're getting superstars and we're trading for guys late in the year to fill obvious roster spots. Usually this team, like you said, has, has gone and, and, um, and, and built that young talent up. Not to say that they're not building that young talent up now, right? I think Artie Burns and Sean Davis and, uh, you know, like we have new Brian Allen and, and Cam Sutton, and right, they're, they're addressing this stuff through the draft. But I think to your point, Joe, the the picks from two, three years ago, the Cortez Allens, the Keenan Lewis, the you know the the um, the, the Senquez Golson, right? Those picks didn't work out for this team, and that's why they're in a, that's why they're in the position they are today. Um, I, I don't want hey, one other name that yeah, go ahead. that you left out in the '90s. I just want to mention him because uh, someone's probably thinking of him. Is Kevin Green? Yeah, was a big pickup. Was a big yeah, yeah. But again, I think I think you know Kevin Green made his name for the Steelers and then left to go to Carolina. Also, you know, and, and continued doing well. But was he really a household name before he got to Pittsburgh? Um, I don't think so, right? No, it does go to your point that he yeah. wasn't a highly touted uh, free agent. Yeah, where like Joe Hayden was. Joe Hayden is now now again, and I want and I want to point out with Joe Hayden, right? What we got, and I think this is why Steeler fans get so excited, is because. You know, coming out of last year, um, the big knock on the Steelers in lo- and not just losing to New England, right? But it was kind of that way we lost to New England, where the Steelers didn't come out of that shell that they played the, the cover two, cover three shell that they play. Um, they didn't really, you know, it, it, they they played the same thing that they played all year, even even knowing that the way you beat Tom Brady is to play press man, right? And so coming, we basically in, didn't try. We basically, yes, well, it was just cer- to sum it up. We didn't try. It was certainly the, uh, it was certainly the, one of the most disappointing things to happen in 2016. Or if you listen to Steeler Country, 
the coach's game plan against New England was the most disappointing thing in 2016. Um, but no, well, I think, that's a podcast worth listening to. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. Uh, I, you almost think, I mean, probably not, uh, but but you almost think that somebody somebody at least pressed play in somebody's office. Hey, <laughs> you gotta hear this. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, but it was it was it was embarrassing. It was extremely disappointing. It was playing to not lose, and and, and I hope I never see that from the Steelers again. And 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 again, you know, as we went through the off season, right? It wasn't as though the Steelers went out there and were bringing in the big free agent, uh, the free agent corners, and, and trying to bring. I mean, I think they did bring in Logan Ryan. Um, for a free agent visit, and they were willing to maybe pay some money there. But but again, we went through an entire offseason where they, they didn't sign a big free agent. They didn't draft a, a, a corner highly in the draft. Cer- certainly no one that they that they got, neither it be Cam Sutton or Brian Allen, was thought to be a presumed starter ahead of uh, Ross Cockrell. And then they do sign a corner late in free agency, Cody Sensabaugh, who no one's ever heard of because, again, he was off the scrap heap in the New York Giants, which is – Again, this is very Steeler-esque, right? You get the, you're not getting the big name guy. You're not going out there. You're not paying $10 million a year. You're, you're going out there and you're paying $2 million a year to get the guy that no one wants. And then you're going to coach him up. And, it's, and you're looking for a guy that didn't fit in the other organization that maybe he's going to fit in your organization and blossom. And that happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's been the Steeler way. That has just been the Steeler way. But, but, you know, to your point, Joe, 2017 is a different year because you are absolutely right. The door is slamming shut on this team. And I don't care how much talent this, this roster has in 2018. It can have Le- we can re-sign Le'Veon. We can have AB. We can have Martinez. We can have the whole bring back 52 out of these 53 guys. If the 53rd guy on the roster is not Ben Roethlisberger, this team goes from Super Bowl contender to you know maybe they make the playoffs at nine and seven and then just get roasted by whoever's whoever has the top quarterbacks. The National Football League is a league now where you don't win with the Trent Dilfers or the Brad Johnsons or any that 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 version of the NFL is over. And if you don't have a top guy, you are not a contender in this league. And I think the Steelers absolutely know that going into 2017. So let's talk about why. Let's let's uh, let's transition here. We'll talk about let's talk about running back. Actually, let, let's start at the top. Um, so the Steelers end up now. We got rid of uh, D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo's you know he was getting kind of long in the tooth. He's up in his 30s. Um, certainly felt like the Steelers could use some some new blood behind Le'Veon. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Going into his what is this his fifth season has not finished an NFL season in three years in three, since his rookie year right last year hurt against New England year before hurt the whole year year before that hurt in the Bengals the the regular season finale didn't play in the playoff game year before that of course he played but whatever we were eight and eight that year and who cares hasn't finished a year in, hasn't finished a season in three years so the chances that our backup running back is going to get significant minutes this year is high. The Steelers go out in the offseason, they get Niall Davis, then they draft a, a third-round um, guy, James Conner, out of Pittsburgh. They elect, though, to keep on the to, to cut the, the veteran in Niall Davis and keep Terrell Watson, who I know we called Willie Parker throughout all of, of preseason because he wore Willie Parker's number 39, but they keep Terrell Watson. So now behind Le'Veon Bell, we have a rookie in James Conner and essentially a rookie in Terrell Watson because here's a guy who's... Uh, you know, not really made NFL roster to this point. What, what do you guys think about running back depth? Does that does that worry you at all that the Steelers are are willing to go so young behind Le'Veon, considering the injury issues he's had previously in his career? 
I think that is kind of surprising that they didn't keep Tucson, but I guess Tucson is on the uh, practice squad, right? He, yeah, he's gonna. He made the practice squad. So, I mean, if no one claims him from the practice squad, we can always call him up just because of experience. Because it does seem like if um, you know, if Le'Veon has to go out for a game or two or something like that, that you have these young guys back there, and you know, can they pick up blitzes? Can they, you know, run a, a successful screen pass and things like that? I mean, just how are they going to get acclimated? And they both look good in the preseason, though, so I, I agree with keeping them. I like that. But you bring up a good point about the experience. And um, and just to go along from a comment made before about where uh, we can't get past the Patriots, I mean, the last two seasons, we weren't at full strength in the biggest game of the year in the playoff game where we lost Le'Veon early in the Patriot game. And the year before that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that um, Antonio Brown was out, right? Antonio Brown and Le'Veon were both out against Denver. Yeah. Against Denver, yeah. Yeah. So that's why this season, and just like you said, with uh, picking up these, these or, or trying to fill the holes and having the whole offense come back, you know, the, the band is back because Martavis is back and he didn't play last season. Um, this is it. This has to be the year to put it all together, right? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Here's the, here, here's the thing about this, about what's happened in the last two years, right? I was, Mike, I don't know how you felt in the draft, but. I was absolutely as shocked as I was when I heard that they signed Joe Hayden. As shocked as I was when they heard when I heard that they traded Sammy Coates. The most shocking thing that's happened this entire offseason to me is in the second round of this draft, with with all the with all the needs the Steelers had: safety, tight end, corner, uh, outside linebacker. Um, the Steelers elect in the second round of the draft. Even even taking a quarterback in the second round, I wouldn't have thought was that crazy because again, we think Ben's retiring, so maybe you need to take. A quarterback there just to build him for the future. Out of everything that they they needed, the last thing I thought in the world that they would take in the second round is another wide receiver. But they do. But they they take Juju Smith Schuster in the second round of the draft, and that's. And I can tell you exactly why now. But go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I think I yeah. I mean, you know, to your point as to why. I'll tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Because I think that it's because you know Martavis, you couldn't count on him because you don't know if he's really going to come back and 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 stay. And stay, you know, he's going to get reinstated and, and stay on the team. Um, if he does, that's great. Then we, you know, then Juju's just a, an extra receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing was Sammy Coates was injured all last year. So when we went into that playoff game against New England, what did we have? Antonio Brown, you know, cool in the game. We I have, mean, no one else yeah. really stepped up. Eli, Eli Rogers is still kind of young and is kind of just a slot receiver anyway. So yeah. I think they were just, you know, especially knowing that Ben is only going to play whatever he says, one, two, maybe three more years. Got to have another big-time receiver out there. And uh, if you have him with Martavis and Antonio Brown, that's a four, That's probably the best receiving core in the NFL. You know, it's it, – But we, we did get sidetracked from the, uh, the running back, the running, so yeah. we should get back to that too. <laughs> it's still true. Ahead. That's true. Joe, Joe, do you have thoughts on the running back position? I know, I know the, the depth behind Le'Veon there is maybe a little questionable. Yeah, I mean, so the initially, you know, the the conventional wisdom is to go, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be like, you know, like that, like when we we lost Le'Veon and and uh, what's his face there, the traitor went back to the Patriots. Yeah, um, Blunt, whatever his name was, uh, Blunt, and we had we had literally nobody. Um, but but you know something, that D'Angelo Williams guy, he he was a talented guy, and I know he was he was a little bit old, but he was a talented guy. Um, but but and and no no knock against him, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna put it very bluntly, and, and I and the pun is completely intended. Oh. Uh, when Le'Veon's not in the offense, 
the offense is not the same. Yeah. And I don't care who it is that you put back there. Unless you get somebody that's of the caliber of, of Le'Veon with that with that with that talent set, the offense is not gonna be the same. So so really I'm not worried about who's back there because it doesn't really matter. There's gonna be a tremendous drop off no matter who's back there. Um, instead of in Le'Veon's place. And that's just that's just reality for the Steelers right now. Um, you know, it's like it's like you, you know you, you're going to pull uh, Ladinian Tomlinson out and say, okay, somebody's going to take his place. No, it's not going to happen. Right? It's not. The team's not going to be the same. Yeah, and we and we saw that last year, right? I mean, we we saw that at times last year when Le'Veon went down, uh, especially against New England. You know, the offense was able to move the football, um, but it wasn't. Again, and this was this was a problem throughout the year, right? Was that when Le'Veon was when we weren't moving the football through Le'Veon? The offense just wasn't moving. And Mike, to your point about wide receiver, you know this this offense last year was its number one wide receiver was Antonio Brown, right? Its number two wide receiver was Le'Veon Bell, and then you had you know Eli pulled up the the slot and did a great job in the slot. I don't want to take anything away from Eli Rogers, right? But Eli Rogers is not your number two receiver. Your number two receiver was really Le'Veon Bell. So when you removed him from it, yeah, I mean the, the offense absolutely shut down. There were times throughout the year where we felt like. Oh, maybe it can be uh, Ladarius Green, right? Ladarius Green looked good for a couple games, and then he had the concussion, and he was gone. Um, you're absolutely right. When, when this offense doesn't have Le'Veon, it's a very different offense. And I think, but I think if you know, let's go back. Let's go back all the way. Let's time travel back to 2014, right? And what happened at the end of that year? Le'Veon gets hurt, and Legarrette Blunt leaves the team, and so the Steelers are left in a playoff game against against the Baltimore Ravens, in which they're starting Ben Tate, a guy that they signed off the street that week. And then Jordan Todman behind him. Oh, not Todman. It was uh, Josh. Josh. Damn, what was his name? Josh something. I don't know. He didn't make the team after that because he wasn't very good. Uh, 2015, what happens? 2015, Le'Veon gets hurt in week six, sits out the entire year. Now, the Steelers still have a pretty decent year because they had AB and they had Martavis. And they were able to become more of a, a downfield threat, especially through Martavis and making huge plays that way. And... D'Angelo gave you a little, little something here and there in, in the running game uh, as well. But when it got time to, to be in the for the playoffs, D'Angelo gets hurt. And now you're down to Fitzgerald Toussaint and Jordan Todman at running back. right? You're down to your third and fourth running backs. And, and at wide receiver, A.B. gets hurt. Again, since he's, so now you're down, you're, you know, you're down him. You have to go to Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant and, and Sammy Coates played in that game. I don't know if you guys remember that. Sammy Coates actually made a couple big catches against the Denver Broncos. right? And then last year, again, the same thing happens. Le'Veon gets hurt. We've already had so many – the injuries at wide receiver are you know, too numerous to go over. But, again, again, the end of last year, it's A.B. on one side. It's Kobe Hamilton on the other. Right? The Steelers did not even have a number two receiver all year. I think the Steelers went into this offseason and said, we're just never going to have that happen again. Like, never, never. We already have Tucson. We know he, he's, a, he's an NFL-capable running back. He's proved that he's played NFL games. Right? That's our fourth option if we need, if we need it. We got Niall Davis. He's a veteran guy. He's played for Kansas City. Again, NFL caliber back. We can, dra- we draft James Conner. Cool. James Conner can come in third round pick. And I think we've all seen him in the preseason. He looks very, very good as a runner. Question still about his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Is he a good blocker? And those things will have to be answered. But then you have Le'Veon right there. And at wide receiver, it's the same kind of deal, right? We're never going to have this case again where, oh no, it's A.B. And, and who the hell knows who's lining up alongside him. Because now we have Martavis. And if he gets suspended, we have Juju. And if he gets, if he somehow gets hurt, we have Justin Hunter, right? And then, uh, 
you know, we still have Eli. That monkey bird won't catch. The uh, Steelers would draft you another wide receiver. Exactly. And no, it, it's it's one of those things where I just feel like the Steelers, they have, at so many positions this year, they've just solidified it with depth and solidified it with depth and solidified it with depth, right? And, and you just go down the line of positions. Defensive line, another another huge one last year. Remember remember what it felt like when Tuit went out and Ann Hayward went out and was like, holy shit, who's LT Walton? Who's Johnny Maxey? Why are these guys starting for us against the Baltimore Ravens? When we're trying to win a, we're, we're trying to seal the division here, and we're starting nobodies on the defensive line. And again, the Steelers go out there and go, okay, you know what? Fine. That is that is a legitimate problem. We did not have depth last year, and so this year they go out, they sign Tyson Alualu, for, former first round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He comes to this organization. He's got a, a very good pred- pedigree, um, and he's looked spectacular in preseason. They've already got Hargrave from last year. They feel good about LT Walton. Uh, you know, again, solidifying that position. And outside linebacker, same thing, right? James Harrison looked like he was 10 years younger last year. And he, and if you would have told me from last year to this year he could, we're going to have James Harrison start next year, I would have thought, okay, that's kind of weird because he's 37. But you know what? Let's do it. But instead, the Steelers go, no, 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 no. Actually, actually, we're not going to be dumb. We're not going to start James Harrison for 17 games. We'll, we draft TJ Watt and we're going to start him a little bit. Again, TJ Watt, an NFL ready player because his brother is TJ Watt. He's, he's kind of got those intangibles coming in. You've seen that in the preseason. And then if he, you know, let's say he fizzles out. Let's say he hits that rookie wall, right? Which usually seems to happen around week 12, 13, and 14. Bud said this, that you just, you're not used to playing that physical amount of football for that long. And you start to get more and more tired as the year goes on. Okay, fine. But we bring in James Harrison in those games. And now we got our closer, right? And, and it just, you just go down the roster. And it's like every position is the same way. We're just load up, load up, load up, load up. It's exciting. I'm very, I'm, if you can't tell already, I'm, so excited about the, the roster, just the roster construction of this team. I'm thrilled. Well, the game the game has turned into a a marathon, really. It's it's an endurance test. Who who can who can get to the end of the season with the least guys hurt? And and if you do have guys that are that you that you lose to injury, what what do you have to replace them with? Can you still feel the team? And and um I think I think for the Steelers and, and and probably most of the contenders, you have a few key guys that you can't lose. You just can't. Um, and, and that's that's kind of a crappy thing the way you know the, that the NFL has evolved into this. But I, I guess it's always been that way. You know, if, if you have a star quarterback and you lose them, your your team is a different team, and, and that goes for every team in the league. Um, and, and then you know for the Steelers, there's two more players. There's, there's uh, uh, Antonio Brown and there's Le'Veon, who we talked about already. Any one of those three guys is is out for the season. It's just a different, it, you know, the season's over. Just right. what you know, call, call it in. You know, start planning for next year. Um, and that really is a shame. But but aside from that, though, you, to your point, Tony, I think you make a great point. Antonio by himself is a, is and and and, and Le'Veon without Antonio. It's a it's a different ball game. You know, it's too easy for a defense to shut down one star player. Um, so so when you start talking about all these guys and 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 them being healthy and there being options, if something happens here or there, yeah, that is exciting. That, that is, and and you know the Steelers are, are are addressing that. You know, so maybe it'll pay off, but it'll all be for naught if one of the three guys. Uh, goes down somewhere in the season. It's not going to matter how deep you are everywhere else. Right. I think. I think if if yeah, you're right. If, if Ben goes down for the season, or Le'Veon's down for the season, or or AB is, 
that that may be insurmountable. But I think the way this roster is constructed, you know, potentially you could lose some of those guys for one or two games here or there, and you can you know squeak by and, and get you know get through it given given the the depth that the Steelers have added at a couple of those positions. All right, that kind of dilutes the season because you know the season's fun to watch and everything. However, it all comes down to being healthy in the playoffs and being able to for this team because this team is seems to be Super Bowl ready. So we have to like hold our breath until we get to the playoffs, and then, then it kind of then that's when it starts. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think, and, and you know, you look at, but you look at NFL teams, right? If you remember, go back to last year. You know, just look at the way that 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 roster looked at the beginning of the year. You know, who was playing in what positions? Um, back, go back and watch the game tape against Washington Redskins, and then go back and watch you know the Steelers Patriots AFC Championship game. It's a completely different Steeler team in a lot of ways, right? You had. First of all, Le'Veon didn't play because he was suspended, right? But beyond the suspension stuff, um, you know, Sammy Coates played a huge part against Washington. Uh, the uh, the starting linebackers in that game were Jarvis Jones and uh, Anthony Chicolo, I want to say, or maybe it was Arthur Motes and, and Jarvis Jones. Again, the two guys who at the end of the year had no playing time at outside linebacker. Uh, the starting corner already didn't play in that game, but I think one play against Washington. Robert Golden started at safety. Again, he barely saw the field at the end of the year. Sean Davis was our nickel corner. You know, things change throughout the year, right? But but to your point, Mike, it's about it, it, the, it, the game of attrition is about at the end of the year, who who has the who has the 53 guys that can step up, right? So you know, we know we're not going to go through this year with all 22 starters on offense and defense being exactly the same from game 1, you know, to the playoffs. Right, we're gonna have injuries now. If we can avoid them, like you guys said, to Ben, Bell, and Brown, obviously that's what you want, right? But but again, to to, to think that you know Eli couldn't go down for for an extended period of time, or or Martavis, or you know, or the new tight end Vance McDonald, or someone on the offensive line, or someone on the defensive line, or one of the outside linebackers, right? Or one of the corners, any of these guys. Of course, we're gonna have those kind of injuries, but it's about making sure that you have depth behind those guys to step in, so you don't lose. Uh, Yes, you're not losing talent there, and you can play that game of attrition at the end of the year. That is a good point in that um, as the season progresses, it's exciting to watch the team grow. Because in 2008, when they made that Super Bowl run, the team, they did grow. We saw the defense get better and better as the season went on, especially down the stretch. Yeah. And one, one guy we haven't talked about yet that I do want to talk about really quickly is number 40, Mike Hilton. Uh he made the roster, and not only made the roster, there has been rumors that he's been seeing... So, back before we got Joe Hayden, right, after the after the Indianapolis game, there was all this hubbub, the Steelers secondary sucks again, it's terrible, Cockrell looks terrible, the whole thing is terrible, right? This is going to be an awful, awful secondary again. And you started to hear things out of camp. Uh, Cockrell got benched for Sensabaugh, and maybe Mike Hilton is starting to get starting reps for William Gay. And that was kind of the, the start of the upheaval. Then we, we signed Joe Hayden, and it was very clear that Ross Cockrell was no longer going to be with the team. And by the way, I, I I'll say it again. Ross Cockrell, the most – actually, no, I shouldn't say he's not the most hated. The second most hated Steeler player on the roster is no longer on the roster. He was traded to the New York Giants. And can you believe that? The most hated Steeler was traded for a draft pick. We actually got something for Ross Cockrell. Uh, so, number one, that, that, was, uh, that, you know, that was kind of a start. And then we started to hear – that Mike Hilton's getting starting reps. Now, Mike Hilton makes the roster. He's a nickel guy, so he's not going to start on the outside. But as we go into this week, and we start to hear about, okay, Mike Hilton is still getting nickel reps. 
Mike Hilton, the guy who came in in minicamp as just one of those guys off the street, they signed him on like, you know, May 10th or whatever, you know, when they, when they sign all their guys to their future contracts, just another body in camp. And he comes in, he plays well, continues to play well through, through training camp, plays well in the preseason. I think, you know, Mike and Joe, you guys noticed him out, out there. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's a short tackler. He seems to always, one of those guys always around the ball. Uh, and the rumor is that this guy could actually start for us in the nickel corner. Which, I, I, you know, to, un, to, to come in as a, as a guy in minicamp who is just a body off the street and replace a veteran like William Gay speaks very highly of what the coaching staff thinks about this guy. It, well, it either speaks really highly about what the coaching staff thinks about him or it speaks really badly about what the coaching staff thinks about William Gay. But I think it's probably the, the, the former and not the latter. So anyway, uh, just just wanted to bring up bring up that. So let's let's uh, transition. Actually, no. Before we transition to the schedule, one more thing. I have to get you guys' uh, feed. I have to get your thoughts on this. Sammy Coates. He won most. Uh, I'm sorry. He ran a runner up for most potential last year. Traded, not just traded. Traded to the Cleveland Browns. Mike, your thoughts. Uh, that's definitely disappointing. Um, I understand because. He was injured a lot last year, and they have a, you know, they have a bunch of wide receivers now, and so I, I always wish him well. Like when there's guys on the roster that I like, and they move on to other teams, and you want to see him do well, but now he's on the Browns, and it's and being on the Browns is not as bad as being on the Ravens or the Bengals, especially the Ravens, but because the Browns aren't contenders yet, so it's not doesn't seem like that big of a deal. However, with the quarterback that they have there, you know, he had a good preseason. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to predict it. Am I going to predict it here? I don't think I um, – I was going to say my oh. prediction is going to be the, the Browns uh, coming third and the Ravens coming fourth this season. Ooh, but I didn't okay. predict that when I did my official prediction. So maybe my official predictions are not complete, so maybe I'm going to swamp that. <laughs> All right. All right. Joe, what do you think? The, the, what do you think about this trade uh, of Sammy Coates to the Cleveland Browns? Well, I, I mean, I'm disappointed. I, I stand by. I mean, I understand it, uh, but I'm going to stand by my most potential, you know, feeling on him. You know, where I felt like he had a lot of potential, um, and and you know that's because of the you know the little flashes of greatness that we saw from him. Um, but I'm going to say this. Uh, uh, you know, it's this is his chance. Um, you know, he'll he it, it, he's going to prove what he is one way or the other now. He's going to a bad team, um, and I think the reason he's going to a bad team is because the coaches said, "Hey, man, you know, we we know you have potential, but but you don't have the heart to, to play this game." Yeah, I, I really think that's what it comes down to, and and um, so we're you know we're done with you. We've seen enough. You you don't have the desire to you know to 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 see that potential through to the field. And um, and that doesn't mean he can't. Right. That just that just means like, hey, he just got he just got kicked to the curb, okay, by a good team, by a good organization. He got kicked to the curb. Um, the, the organization that's pro, you know maybe Super Bowl bound, maybe he would have made some great catches, you know, from a from a Hall of Fame future Hall of Fame quarterback, and now he's playing for the Browns. And um, uh. God, what does that say about the Browns when when I can't even say the, their name without laughing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it, it is a little disappointing though because if he has that much potential, he's a big guy and he's young too, right? What is he in his third? 
Fourth year? Third year. Third year. Third year. I mean, why wouldn't they keep him? Because he, he would have been in the sixth wide receiver, right? We kept six? Kept six, and, yeah. And let, go, and let go Hayward Bay. I mean, Hayward Bay is a good receiver. He's a, he's got the experience. You can count on him. But he doesn't have two, three years left at him, does he? On the Steelers <laughs> roster, where Sammy Coates would. I think the so problem... That was kind of interesting. Yeah, the, the problem there is, is more about the how good Darius Hayward Bay is as a special teams player. Um, that he's just... He's our gunner. He's our best gunner. He's one of our best guys on kick return or on kick coverage. Um, and I feel like they they just well they just felt like you know we're not willing to give up um, what what Darius Hayward Bay does on special teams for what is going to end up being the sixth receiver on your roster who's not who's going to be inactivated a lot of games and probably not going to see the field much. I, I think the the Darius Hayward Bay's uh, roster spot was locked in just because of how good he is on special teams. And so then it came down to Justin Hunter versus Sammy Coates for, okay, who is your, who is your like your four, whatever it would be, the fifth receiver on the roster? Yeah, and that that is good because you can't underestimate special teams, right, Joe? I mean, you gotta you gotta hats off to the coaches because, you know, they're putting an emphasis on special teams is good. Uh, yeah, um, special teams is one of those things that you know just don't suck. That's all. I mean, you don't have to be great. You don't have to be the best special teams in the league. Just don't don't field the great offense and a great defense, right? And, you know, hold their offense to 50 yards of offense and, you know, pound the ball down their throats for, you know, for 15, 20 play drives and dominate time of possession. And then <laughs> you give up two quick scores and lose the game. Yeah. Right? And, but, and you know, yeah. seen that. So yeah, to Tony's point, important. yeah, and the whole thing with special teams is just don't suck. Okay, I don't even. Want well, to you got to. I mean, that's Tony's point here is that you're keeping guys on the roster because of special teams, not because they're, you know, the best player at their position or the next best player right. at their position. Yeah, like Robert yeah, Golden and and we saw and some pretty Bay. cool special teams in. I think it was the first or second preseason game, but then then we saw some pretty piss poor special teams. The special teams later, and I. Yeah, there was a the good game was the one against Atlanta. I want to say where we like blocked two punts in that game, but then we had a, then we went out and had a pretty bad one against India. I want to say we dropped a punt. Some other I don't know. A lot of those guys got cut. Got to tell you, Especially yeah, you can't make a break you in this league, and, and especially as, as a young player. And I think it broke a lot of our young guys, to be honest. All right, so let's go over the schedule. First of all, the Steelers. Schedule uh, very early in the season is very favorable. Very, very favorable. So favorable that it, it worries me. If you look at those, if you look at the first five games of the year, right? Just look at the names of the teams we play. Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of wins in there. It just feels like W, 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 W. The problem I have looking at this opening schedule, two of those games are division games. Three of them are on the road. First five games, three on the road. At Cleveland, at Chicago, at Baltimore. Now, at Cleveland, I don't care where we play Cleveland. Play Cleveland on Mars, we should win that game. Same thing for Chicago. They're terrible. These two teams are terrible. These are, we're talking about two of the, I mean, really, when you look at the first five games, three of the five teams are five, three of the worst five teams in the league. Right, just on a just on a roster standpoint. But Mike, I don't know. I, I look at this. 
I look at these first five games and I go, my God, am I going to feel terrible if we end up out of this going like three and two? Yeah, I mean, if, if something like that happens, um, it's going to be because we're obviously not playing up to our potential. We have one of those years where what's happening with the offense, we're sputtering, we can't convert a third down, you, know, you can't stay on the field. Or one of these bad teams has a hot quarterback or something, you know, they're striking gold. Or like we've seen many times in the past when we play bad teams, you know, we make the other team's quarterback look like Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. And so that I could see that happening. One game where we sputter and the other game there's a hot quarterback and it's a back and forth game that we lose. But I don't know, man. This team just seems like it has so much potential and it's just ripping and ready to go. So, I mean, I'm not going to say 5-0. and but I, I agree with you. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't at least four and one. It's it's got. I mean, it's got to be. It's got Joe at Cleveland. Got to be a win, right? There's no excuse, no matter what. And yes, it's a yes, it's a division game. Yes, it's a uh, it's a road game to start your season. But no excuse for losing to Cleveland. I, I got to tell you something, Tony. I've been watching the Steelers a long time. I've seen them lose a lot of stupid games, and I got a bad feeling about this one. The the opener to Cleveland. I've had this, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. I've had a bad feeling about this one too. I got a really bad feeling about this game because because the opener, okay. And here's the thing about the opener: the opener, everybody's oh no, everybody's everybody's Super Bowl dreams are alive. The Browns don't know they suck yet, right? Like yeah. they they know they suck. They got a feeling they suck, but it hasn't been proven yet. They haven't had all those you know those those brown things that happen to them. Right, um, that that we've seen, and it is amazing um, that they happen. But so here's the thing: they got this hot quarterback. I don't even know who he is, but I keep hearing I keep hearing about this this hot quarterback that they have. Yeah. Okay. Kaiser. And now you got to have. And what's his name? Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser. Okay. What? I don't care what. I really don't care who he is. <laughs> I'm just saying I keep hearing about him. So he's got to have something, right? So he's going to come out there the first week of the season. It's the Steelers. It's in Cleveland. Uh, and and you know they got this new guy and they got Sammy Coates and you know what, whatever their hopes are they're all still alive. Um, so the Steelers are walking into a, a tough situation there. Um, I got a bad feeling about that that opener. I don't like it. I don't like that opener. Yeah, I, I actually I actually agree with this one. Of the five games, the one I'm weirdly most worried about is not even at Baltimore. I mean, at Baltimore is a losable game. You can actually lose. We lost at Baltimore last year, although Ben was. Ben came back from injury way too early in that game. Um, but, yeah, yeah, at Cleveland, that one, you know, Mike, you always say week one is a mirage, right? Don't believe what you see week yeah. one. It's That's uh, true. It could be a bad one. That's a, that's the That could be the game that everyone loses on their eliminator pick. No, it right? absolutely could be. It pool. absolutely could be. <laughs> I mean, stay away from that one if you have a bad feeling about it. The one that, that really pissed me off is the one you just brought up, the Ravens. I mean, there's no business that the Ravens should play with us. But I could just see that they'll be 1-2 and two and we'll be 3-0 and oh going into that game. And Flacco will have the game of his life. And Justin Tucker will kick like five field goals, you know, four <laughs> 50-yard field goals, five total. And we'll lose like, you know, 15-13 to 13 or something. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, if we come out of week before, four, 2-2, right? two and two, and zero and two in the division. Shut it down. I'm not going to shut it down. I'm not going to. Oh, I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm not going to be surprised. Oh, not going to. Wow. After after all of the 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 love that we poured on this roster for 
for the I'm last watching the Steelers minutes. for forty something years, dude. I've seen a million ways they're going to lose. They don't have a championship caliber defense. Okay, the offense for whatever reason, even though it seems like they should score eighty points a game, they get held to you know less than two touchdowns. Or in a playoff game against the lowly ass Kansas City Chiefs, can't find the end zone. Come on. No, you you make no. There's I, I think. I think for us offensively, the, the, the worry that I have is, number one, uh, Martavis Bryant being the starter. I think there's going to be a lot of expectation that he's going to come in and pick up right where he left off in 2015. And I think that that's I, – I, I just think that's very unrealistic. You could see it in the preseason. He's clearly rusty or trying to get reacclimated to playing the game of football and, and, and being in, you know, quote-unquote, NFL shape. In fact, he asked um, – he played very late into that Indianapolis Colts game, and he, that's because he asked Tomlin to go back into the game because he felt like you know he wanted to get more reps uh, or more more game reps. That's a, that to me could be is going to be an issue. And number two is Le'Veon holding out all of training camp, mean and just really just showed up what a couple days ago. Uh, means that is he in football shape? Is he going to be ready to take an early workload? Now again, it shouldn't matter, right? Because again, we don't we shouldn't need the team at full strength. As far as Martavis and, and Le'Veon, I mean, if, if Le'Veon's getting 20 touches a game and then he has to come out, whatever, because he's winded, or Martavis is, you know, he's only putting up like five catches, 50 yards a game, and he's not lighting it up for, you know, multiple touchdowns in 100 yard games. Uh, like, I think we know he can. And again, when you have, when you put Martavis and AB out there and you ask a defense to, you know, you have to double team one and not the other, or if you double team both, then you leave Eli Rogers open. I mean, I, I like, that offense, but again, early on, I don't think it's going to be that way because I think Martavis is going to be a little, uh, little rusty. But again, you know, those are my worries early on, especially with Le'Veon. And then, yeah, go ahead. It's a good point about Le'Veon. I mean, it, it's going to be if he comes out and has a hundred yard game in the first game and it looks like he hasn't missed a step, that's going to be very surprising. And I just hope that it doesn't take two and three and four games to see the old Le'Veon. Okay, well, this is the this is the beauty of this schedule. Okay, so so we have a rough schedule at the at the end of the season. I'll just hit that really quick. Oh baby, do we uh, ever? <laughs> we're talking. Uh, we're going to the Colts, playing the Packers, going to the Bengals, uh, Ravens, which is not shouldn't be a big deal, but you know for whatever reason it is. Uh, Patriots. Uh, we're going to the Texans. Um, so yeah, we got we have this rough thing at the end. So here's what's cool about having a cake schedule early in the year. Okay, is if you if the team is a good team, you get you get all these early games to like gain confidence, right? So so like, look up until up until the bye, okay? Which which I mean, this is kind of cool. The Steelers have eight games before the bye and eight games after the bye. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the first eight games. The only thing close to a quality team the Steelers are going to play is the Bengals, and it's in Pittsburgh. Oh, right? I don't know. Don't <laughs> you do hate on the Chiefs so much? <laughs> the Chiefs are not a quality team. They were a playoff I'm team. We, we played them in the playoffs last year. They are trash. I, 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 I actually to the Steelers that they couldn't score a touchdown. Okay, that they didn't win by by, by four touchdowns. They have revenge factor. I agree with way. both of you. They. They don't seem like they're a good team, but they they always compete. They're probably going to give the Patriots a run for their money on Thursday night. Shh. 
they should come out. Uh, that's fine. They, they should come. The Steelers, talking Steelers, they should go into the bye week with no more than one loss with this with this this roster of stooge teams that that, that they're playing. So so you go in the second half of the season. Hey, look, you go in the second half of the season with a seven and one record, tons of confidence and and loads of talent. Come on, man! You get that much talent believing in itself, you know, learning how how to win and and winning week after week after week on the road. That's one, two, three, four, five out of eight home ga- or road games before the yeah. before the bye. You're seven and one, and five of those games are are on the road. Come on, man! That that's that's a confidence builder. Now now it's like oh the, the you know the Packers the Packers better worry about the Steelers you know coming. Uh, 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 or coming to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh, um, the Colts better worry about it. Uh, the 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 Patriots. We have the Patriots at home in December. That's pretty I nice. I love that game. I love that game. That I here's 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 my thing about that. I, I completely agree with your assessment, Joe. This team should be no less than seven and one coming out of the the first eight games. Now, with our luck, you know Ben will go down with some knee injury and miss half the games, and we'll go into the bye. We get like three and five, and praying to God that we can. You know, muster a nine and seven, you know, wild card spot as we always do. But barring catastrophic injury, seven and one makes a lot of sense here. And eight and zero is not out of the realm of possibility. If we're as good as we think we are, and and especially on defense, if Joe Hayden is a hit, if Bud Dupree can play a full season and play it at a double digit sack uh, as a double digit sack guy, if Artie Burns makes a leap. Sean Davis makes a leap. Javon Hargrave makes a leap, right? Those rookies that we saw last year be very good players. If one or two of them even becomes borderline great, and that defense becomes not just, you know, a good defense, but a, a Super Bowl caliber defense, eight no is not out of the question. You go into the second half of that year, and you start looking down the, the list, and you're absolutely right, Joe. It's home game after home game after home game. And the, the hardest games on that, on that schedule, I think, are Tennessee, Green Bay, Baltimore, New England. And they're all home games. You are looking at realistically here something like thirteen and three or fourteen and two. Just gonna throw it out there. You know, I, I would be happy with six and two in the first eight because you have at the Lions, which that you know that could be a difficult game. And um, and you said you know there's at the Chiefs, and also um, you know then you got your division game. So I mean six and two, I'd be happy with that. You know, Mike, you're not wrong. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying if the team is as good. If it's a team that's destined for the Super Bowl, it's got to run the table on those first eight games because those are chump teams. I'm sorry. Okay, A loss on the road to the Lions, yes, you can see how it could happen because we're Steeler fans. We've seen it happen a million times. But those are not Super Bowl-caliber teams that make that lose those well, the, games. I think the Lions if are If your team, team is destined to the Super Bowl, you can go on the road and not lose a stupid game to the Lions. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a stupid loss. It's not a it's not a loss that a that a that a Super Bowl caliber team is going is going to encounter. It's not going to happen. One other thing about you know the this whole this whole Super Bowl caliber what game should we lose yada yada. Here here's my worry going into 2017. Look, the Patriots are going to be good again, right? Let's just we're just going to throw that out there, right? They're not the Patriots aren't going nine and seven this year. They're not going ten and six. As much as we want Tom Brady, who's forty friggin' years old, to finally fall off. Right and my God, how close did we come in, in Super Bowl Fifty One? So close. So through the pick six, and it was just, please God, let this happen. 
But no, the football gods hate us. So we're going to watch Tom Brady and crew go 13-3 and again, or whatever the hell, they're 12-4, and whatever whatever they're going to be. The USA Today pre- predicted them to go 16-0. and 16-0. and Sports Illustrated rated their offense as, I'm sorry, it was Sports Illustrated ESPN. One, one of these publications rated their offense as the best offense in football. That's right. Better than our offense. And their defense as the second best defense in football, which, I mean, I don't know how you figure that. Did you... I mean, did you watch the Super Bowl? Who do they add? They added Stephon Gilmore, who, again, again, was good for like six games last year. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but anyway, the Patriots are going to be good. We know that. So whatever. They're going to go 12-4. We have them at home this year. All we have to do is tie their record and win that game, and we have home field. If we have home field, I got I to think, think this is the year. I got to think this is the year. I know we're not going to go to New England and win, or it's going to be very, very difficult to go to New England and win a playoff game there. But if we got these guys coming to Heinz in January for the AFC Championship, I really, really like this team's chances. And that's all this team's That's back. why the first eight games are so important. I agree. They're so important. You can't lose stupid yeah. games if you want home field. And home field is very important. It is. It is for us to play the Patriots. You know, I do want to say something about the Patriots because I looked at their schedule last year and looked at their schedule this year because I'm a Patriot hater. What can I say? They... They were eight and one against winning teams last year, and those included the playoff games. And um, but those eight wins, two were against the Dolphins, two yeah. were against the nine and seven Texans, one was against the nine and seven Broncos, and two were against the Steelers. One without Ben, and the other basically without Le'Veon. And the eighth one, or the yeah, the eighth one was against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so again, they should have got, got blown out in that game. Yeah, they should have. Right, I mean. Uh, it just makes us sick, sick thinking about that again. So this season, though, so basically of those nine games against winning teams last season, only six of them were in the regular season because their division is so weak. Yeah. So this year, however, they do play nine teams with winning records um, in the regular season. Now, granted, those are winning records from last year. You don't know who's right. going to be good, who's going to be bad. So I don't know. I think Chelsea. there's a chance that – there's a chance that they only go ten and six. Well, God, I would love it. I so, so look, you're, you're waiting for them to fall off, and you just went through all this stuff, and you know they they wound up winning another Super Bowl, but you know, and and for me, you know, football is basically over because of that. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I I may have to watch every single game with the sound muted because I don't think I could listen to anybody commentate a football. Game. They haven't won six yet. We still have the most Super Bowl, so they don't have that yet. Oh, the, the... Brady has five. Brady does have five. The thing about this is that, um, you know, there, there, there's been no competition in, in, in not, and certainly not in their division and, and not in the AFC. And, I, and we've talked about that, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna belabor that point. Um, but, but sooner or later, when you have this in sports, any sport, there, there, you know, there's the mystique of the Patriots now. It's undeniable. Okay. It's what happened. I believe it's what happened in in the last Super Bowl. It's the reason the Falcons aren't Super Bowl champs, and they're they're instead you know the greatest Super Bowl chumps of all time. Um, they they did. I I don't even have to look this up. I'm certain of it. They blew by far the biggest Super Bowl lead in history. Oh, it's not even close. Um, right. So I don't have to look it up. I don't have to. You know, I, I don't. Even, I don't know who's second, and I don't have to know that to know that no one ever came close to anything like that in a Super Bowl. Um, but, but sooner or later, talent overcomes that. 
and somebody, I don't know that it's going to be the Steelers, but some young, hungry, talent, talent-rich team that doesn't know they're great yet is going to get in a situation and they're going to play their hearts out and they're going to destroy the Patriots. They're going to rip them like they've never been ripped before and they're going to send them away. It'll be the end of them. And that could have happened. It could have happened in the Super Bowl uh, had the had the you know the the Falcons been the real deal, but they weren't. Because if they were the real deal, that the, the Patriots were going to go home. One of the in modern history anyway, biggest Super Bowl losers in in many years. Um, uh, you know, and blown out, and Brady throwing multiple picks, and you know, a, a lot of bad things happened to the Patriots in that game. Um, that the Falcons let him off the hook. Absolutely. Um, no doubt about that it. Doesn't happen, that doesn't happen to championship-caliber teams. And I was surprised as anybody to see the Falcons get there. So, you know, they kind of lived down to their to their reputation in my own mind, um, much to my disappointment. <laughs> but So so it's going to happen to the Patriots. They're going to go away. They're going to go away soon. As soon as somebody rips the hell out of them, um, it, it's going to be over. Well, I think because as much as I there, it's it's not as sickening as that was. It's not as real as everybody thinks it is. It's just not that doesn't happen. You don't a, a championship caliber team cannot blow a twenty five point lead in two quarters by not and in the biggest game there ever is by not scoring a point and never making a stop. It's just impossible. Yet we saw it happen. But but really, if that's what it takes for you to stay on top, your days are very short. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 here's my thing, Joe. I think I think everything you said, right? That you know, it, it takes. So you've been de- beaten down for so long. The NFL, you know, the NFL has seen this with Brady for so long, right? And really, the only teams that have been able to stop uh, Tom Brady traditionally have been. The, the Peyton Manning-led teams. Now, late in his career, it was with Denver, and they had a very good defense, right? But Peyton Manning was, was at, at at points in his career, kind of the, the, the kryptonite to Tom Brady. Uh, and really, actually, the Broncos, and you think back to the, the, the Jake Plummer game uh, and the, the champion running that back. But here's my thing about the Patriots, and Mike, you alluded to this. They get a free pass from their division every single year. Every single year. Somehow, some way, that division cannot catch up to New England. And it's never been... It's not like, oh, well... The Dolphins made a run in, in whatever year, or the, or the Jets made a couple runs, right? No one's ever really made a consistent run. The Jets had one year, one year, with Mark Sanchez where they looked halfway decent, and they actually beat the, the Patriots in the playoffs. And then they fell right back into mediocrity. Dolphins have never been up there. Bills always suck. You know, it's – they get a free pass to get – you would think they get six easy wins, but they yeah. don't because they lose those games in the, in the regular season. But they've never been challenged yeah. for the division itself. It is weird because not, and not only do they get the free pass into the playoffs with the division win, but somehow they accumulate all these wins and they get, they basically get the bye week in the playoffs. And, um, so they, they have to win two games in the season to make it to the Super Bowl and they're typically at home. So yeah, I know it's sour grapes, but here's the thing. I always want to avoid the Patriots in the playoffs because I don't want to lose to them, right? However, I'm hoping that it is the Steelers that is the team that punches them in the mouth and puts them down once and for all. But I don't think it's going to be this year. My prediction is that this, 
Are we going to do predictions? Absolutely, let's do it. Actually, here. Well, well, do you want me to give it away now? Record, the, give, give me your Steeler record for the year, and then how you see the playoffs playing out. Okay, I'm going to go Steelers 12 and four. All right. So, I mean, we went through the schedule, and there's, I think there's, uh, you know, I think they're a good team, but I think there's enough teams out there that we're going to lose four games here or there. Yeah, 12 and four is not bad. Yeah, and but however, I do think we're going to get the number one seed, and I think the Patriots. I have the Patriots at 12 and four also, um, getting the number two seed, and the Raiders getting the number three seed, and I have the Raiders being that young team that Joe talked about that doesn't know how good they are, and the mystique of the Patriots that knock off the Patriots. See, I would really like this. For- <laughs> Mike, i got to jump in here, Tony. Oh, yeah, go for you it. You know why? Oh, why? You know that why that? Oh, oh yeah, of course. It's Revenge oh. Factor. It's like John, 25 uh, years later, Revenge Factor. God, the bookend. John Gruden gets to call that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I hope the Raiders win by 70 points, and John Gruden win by- is calling the game. No, they have to and win I by a tuck a rule. Tuck. Yeah, I they have to win by a technicality. Ball, and there's no tuck rule left, and it is really a turnover, and they get another score up. A tuck rule in overtime. Gets to call the whole thing. There you go. But here's the thing. I, you know, I, I would love for the Raiders to have their redemption, but here's the thing. I'm sick and tired of hearing this BS about the Steelers can't beat the Patriots, and they can't beat the Patriots in the playoffs. And, you know, again, you read, you read uh, Deadspin's um, – Preview of the season or preview of the Steelers, right? And what did they say? Oh, should we really believe in the Steelers' two Super Bowl wins being that they, you know, they beat, uh, they won the Super Bowl without beating the Patriots or they avoided the Patriots in, in both runs, right? I'm tired of that BS. I would love for Ben Swansong uh, to be going out, beating New England, and then winning a Super Bowl. Uh, it, it, it feels right. It feels, you know, storybook. And I know storybook endings don't really happen unless you're Tom Brady. So... Uh, it probably won't, Mike, I think, but Elway. John Elway, that's true. John Elway. You know, um, I think that, I think, didn't Dan Marino lose, uh, his last playoff game, like 50 something to something? 63 to 7. So maybe, yeah. yeah so that yeah, would Jimmy, be something. Jimmy Johnson and Dan Marino went out in the worst style you ever yeah. could remember. So how about that? How about Ben puts down Brady like that in the playoff game where it's Brady's last game? Maybe it's not this season. Maybe it's next season. And then we advance to the Super Bowl and and take back our uh, Super Bowl trophy from Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That's your, is that your Super Bowl prediction? Steelers over Packers? Well, no, it's not. That would be That would be next year. Where, oh, gotcha, where we gotcha, beat Brady gotcha. in his last game, put him. <laughs> Mike's going the predictions. And, and be, he's, know, I'm already two years going. Twenty eighteen. You got a twenty eighteen repeat. Do we three repeat, Mike? Uh, spoilers. Do we three repeat? <laughs> I think I think we're gonna repeat, and Ben's gonna retire, but then he's gonna come out of retirement just before the season oh, to give us a repeat. How's that? Uh, he, you know, yes. he's, he's very. Everyone said he was Brett, Brett Favre esque young in his career, or early in his career. Uh, now he can be Brett Favre-esque late in his career, too. How about Ben retires, and then the Steelers are like a mediocre season, and our quarterback gets hurt, and Ben comes back after Thanksgiving break and joins the team to take <laughs> us on a run to the Super Bowl for our three-peat? You know what's yeah, – I like that about you that. Know, you, know what, you know what? I just That just got me thinking about what it's going to be like when Ben retires, and that's going to suck. That's really going to suck. I don't want to think about that. All right, so what's your prediction for this year? What What – so for my Super Bowl, I have um, I have the Giants beating the Cowboys in the championship game, and the Steelers Whoa, beating the, the Giants. Giants. I had to pick something different. That yeah, is I, different. I wanted to go something different. That is different. 
I, and I, I like that Brandon Marshall's on the team, and they have a core of receivers there. I hear their defense is really good. So, well, we'll they see. have Ross Cockrell now. So, come on. I mean, that's secondary <laughs> depth. That's some depth. <laughs> that's right. They got depth. I was thinking. I was thinking on draft day or on 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 the fifty three man cutdowns. If they, I was thinking, man, if they do only keep two quarterbacks today, and they and they they cut Ross Cockrell and Landry Jones, like, will Steeler fans just immediately, you know, they got they gave Tomlin. And Kevin Colbert each two year extensions, right? But if they had cut Landry Jones and Ross Cockrell on the same day, wouldn't Steeler fans just give him like a lifetime extension? Like, isn't that wouldn't that be the greatest day in Steeler history? Are yeah. you saying Landry's the most hated? I, I was trying to figure out who the most hated. I, I, yeah, I don't it's, not like oh, like it's not even close. Oh, it's not even close. It's not even close. Landry. Landry. Oh, it's not. I don't hate Landry. No, I'm talking about this podcast. I'm talking about Steeler fans in general. Okay, just in general, you, you gotta yeah, read these guys on Twitter. You got, I mean, I went, I went to the Steelers Browns game last year. I was in the stadium to watch Landry Jones uh, against the Cleveland Browns starting in that game. Oh my god! Like, I don't understand the hate for our backup quarterback. I don't understand how you can hate a backup quarterback as much as Steeler fans hate Landry Jones. But like, when Landry Jones threw that touchdown to to Kobe Hamilton, the stadium was like. Oh, I still hate Landry though. Like I still hate. Like honestly, I still hate Landry. I still hate Landry. And they walked up. Like they didn't want to cheer. They didn't want to cheer. They, were they like, started to cheer, yeah, and they realized, oh wait, oh shit, I'm that was Landry, Landry, wasn't it? I hate Landry. Hate him. Still hate him. Everyone's everyone's walking out saying Landry still sucks. It's like okay. I, but why why do they hate him? I don't understand. I don't I, I don't know. Oh, he does suck. I mean, he he won some games I mean, for the, us, though. You can't hate a guy who sucks who's a backup. You can <laughs> just say. I mean, I I I just I I. Say, you know, I say unflattering things about him because he's been on the team a long time and he's not very yeah. good. Still, right? I think um, I think for Landry, what what happened to him is he was so bad when he first started in preseason, and Tomlin gave him like every rep, very very similar to the way Dobbs is being handled, right? Where Dobbs played like every single snap this preseason, um, or the vast vast majority of them, it was Dobbs, and Dobbs didn't look very good, right? And and Landry's kind of grown year over year, but it's been a slow growth year one. Terrible year two, still terrible year three, less terrible. And then he that's when he actually made the roster and was actually thought of as like maybe being the backup. And he came in against Arizona and shocked the world. Never remember when we signed Vic and everyone's like, Oh, we have to get Vic because we can't start Landry, it's impossible. And then Landry comes in after. I remember when Vic was sucking, it's like, God, could Landry be worse than this? I guess he could. Let's not put him in. Then they finally do, and he was he was okay. Um, it's just been like an accumulation of like he's never been good, right? The one thing you're gonna say about Landry. Is he's never been a good quarterback. It's just been like levels of not bad. Like there were times against Arizona he wasn't bad. He had he had a couple uh, games against there's a Chiefs game where he was like okay. Um, well, I think it's not not bad. I think it's how bad. Like he's right. had different levels. Right, different levels of bad. Sure. Like, or, and that, so I guess that's where the hate comes from. But I don't understand. You can't have a hate for a guy that's not a starter. He's a backup. What do you want? I'm telling you, Joe. Usually, the backup on teams is the most beloved guy. Everyone loves the, the backup. Guy, the guy that pissed me off the most, that kept his starting job. You're going to know this already. You probably know already. Oh, I, re- I remember it like but it was yesterday. Is the and is the it's like it's probably my biggest rap on Cower, and I got a few, <laughs> but it was that Dwayne Washington yeah. guy. Well, really, can you who he, can you decide between him and Chad Scott because they both kind of suck. No, I was watching. Dwayne Washington was in the Cower era. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Cower wouldn't get. He wouldn't get rid of him. Better. And he had. He had rookie guys. He wouldn't play. I'm like, this guy sucks. This guy's. 
right? So, so that's why that's why you're going like, you know, oh, what, what's going to happen when we put these young guys in? You know, we don't know what's going to happen with these new guys going on our deal. Or, or are they going to? Are they going to? What, what's going to happen? They're going to blow the coverage. Oh wait, that's what our other guys did. Okay, the guys we got rid of. So what do we got? Joe's right about that. Joe just wants to keep rolling the dice, roll the dice until you get well, double six. Oh, and hey, I agree with you. That's, that's, if you yeah. got a guy that can't cover, that's blowing the coverage, that's got an inter- pass interference, you know, and the ref's ready to throw it because he knows the guy is is, is beat on every play. So the only way he's going to be there, right? So the ref's ready to throw the flag. Uh, you got to get rid of that guy. Yep. You got to try the next guy because how once you blow the coverage, it doesn't get any worse than that. So, like I said, right, it's, so one, it's you... one A and one B for most hated. It's Ross Cockrell, and it's I mean, it's Landry Jones now running away because Ross Cockrell's not even on the roster anymore. The question so let, let's here's move my on. fear though, Mike. Oh, here's my fear though, Mike. I'm worried this yeah. year that I, that Joe Hayden might actually be good, and that Artie might be the the corner that every Steeler fan hates. They, could they pick on? Yeah. Oh, so you know, there's always on? so to me, it's always like. Um, you know, um, like in Game of Thrones, you know, there's like the one, the, the good guy, and there's, you know, the, whatever, the, the ice and fire or whatever, right? You have the, so you have, you have one side of, of Steeler fans. The Steeler fans always love one of our cornerbacks and then hate the other one, right? So, like, back back when Joe was talking about, right, he, everyone hated Dwayne Washington, but Chad Scott was okay, whatever, Chad Scott is Chad Scott. In the I. Taylor days, remember, everyone loved I. Taylor, hated William Gay, hated William Gay. Remember when Gay was. Remember when Gay was like, hate, they get picked on. hate, hate, hate it. Yeah. And then uh, last year, or the, oh, oh, remember Antoine Blake? Oh, everyone hated Antoine Blake. Hated Antoine Blake. Same thing with um, uh, the guy before Blake, the guy who went to the Jaguars. Eh, shit, I'm going to forget his name. Oh, here's the thing. Anyway, yeah, last year was the same thing. Ross Cockrell. Everybody hates Ross Cockrell. So now okay, I'm worried so that Artie Burns becomes that guy. Okay, this is Artie Burns' chance, though. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. If the quarterbacks are going to go, okay, we know Hayden, and we're not, we ain't, we ain't messing with that, okay? So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pick on a new guy, right? We're gonna pick on the young guy. Well, you know what? The young guy's unknown. Get, already gonna get picked on. But you know what? This is your chance, okay? This is your chance to, to become a star, okay? And then you know what? Once you make a name, then they're like, you know what? We're gonna mess with Artie Burns. We'll try to mess with the other guy. Meantime, you become a hero in Pittsburgh because while they yeah. were while they were quote unquote picking on you, you were you were making them pay, and that's all we want. And they're going to pick on you. Fine, we know they're going to pick on you. We know that the rules in the NFL suck, uh, and they and they favor the receivers. <laughs> but but you know what, dude? Come up with a pick. Come up with some great stuff, and, and we're going to love you. He seems like he has the confidence this year that Artie? he's not going to oh, yeah. get picked on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he I wanted to go up to AB in practice. I think, I think if the they pick on him, secondary in, in 15 years. I think if they yeah. pick on him, Could they're going to be sorry, and we're going to be excited. All right, so I want to hear your guys, uh, your predictions. Who you got? Joe, record, and then how far the Steelers are. Right, so, this so look, I, my initial thing was I was going to say 13-3, and three, and then I was going to back. I was like, well, I should probably back it off to 12-4. and four. But then Mike took 12-4. and four. So now I, I got to stick copy. with my 13-3. and three. So I'm gonna say the Steelers gonna run the first half of the season. Okay. Either seven and one or eight and zero, oh, and then if they come out eight and zero, oh, they're gonna go fourteen and two. If they come out seven and one, they're gonna go thirteen and three. Um, and uh, and they'll they'll end up with home field if they beat New England in Pittsburgh because they'll get the tiebreaker on the on the record. But you never know. New England may not even be there at the end. You know. Oh, here we go. 
Here we, although right. I do uh, think Kansas uh, City's beating them. I think Kansas City's going to beat New England. Mark it down. Yeah. In the opener? In the opener. Maybe the Browns will beat them. Uh, the Browns are going to beat us, but that's okay. And then, I don't know, Super Bowl. I thought the Cowboys were going to make it last year, but I don't know if they're going to make a run like that again this year. Zeke, kind of Zeke's suspension but, was upheld, by the way. Really? So, yeah, yeah, they got problems. They made a decision, uh, so he can't play week one? He can. Uh, he he might be able to play week one because there's like a judgment coming down, but the suspension was upheld. He has to go through the court system, Tom Brady style. Which means week two, he's definitely out. Week two, yeah. Or is there? Yeah. yeah. I, I really right, so don't know. Joe. NFC. Yeah, I mean, I might think of the traditional choices. You know, you have the, the, the Cowboys or the or the the Packers are the two that come to mind fastest. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess you got to think about the the Seahawks. I don't know, are they still yep. a contender? Uh, they're um, they're trailing off, but this might be their last. Similar to the Steelers, I think they have one more year of contention before they. I'm gonna say the Falcons are gonna be. I don't know. They might win. They may win. I was gonna say they're not gonna win eight games, but but they're they're. I don't know. It depends on how they react. They're probably pissed off, so maybe they'll, you know, either they either they're going to just fold and they won't win eight games, um, or they're going to be the angry Falcons, and so they're going to like have something to prove and a chip on their shoulder. Um, but they'll choke in the playoffs like they always used to. They will not make it to the Super Bowl again. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I got I got to default to the Packers, but I don't I don't actually think they'll they'll make it all the way through. Really? Somebody else. I, I like pick Arian. Go with the Cardinals. Ooh, comeback. Do they have a do they have a quarterback? Carson Palmer, baby. Carson. Oh yeah, Carson. Yeah, but he can't play all season. That's the problem with him. NFC is rough. NFC is rough this year. You know, you got I mean, you got the Eagles potentially could make a run. Lions. And, Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I like I your pick. I like, being good. I like your I like your pick with the Packers. I'm actually going to pick the Packers as well. And since you guys are both going 13 and three and 12 and four, do I have to up? Do I have to up the Annie to 14 and two? That would have to mean that the Steelers go eight and zero to start. Do I think the Steelers can go eight and zero to start? No, no, they cannot. I think they're going to lose the game somewhere. And I think it's going to be early. I really, I really think this this game against Cleveland could actually be a loss. I think when you look at the amount of new additions to the roster. So is, is Mike Mitchell going to be healthy in this game? Probably not. Is that going to mean that Golden has to play? Yes, instead of J.J. Wilcox, because J.J. Wilcox isn't ready to go yet with the roster, with the playbook. How much of the playbook does Joe Hayden know? Because, again, he just came on the roster two weeks ago. We're not going to use Vance McDonald as much in this game because, again, he just got on the roster two weeks ago. Um, how healthy or how ready to play is Le'Veon going to be? How ready to play is Martavis going to be? It's Cleveland on the road. We almost, I mean, let's not forget that Cleveland on the road last year, you know, that game was like nine to six at halftime last year. It was a very close game until we really broke out in the second half uh, and won that football game. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see us losing that game. I think we're like seven and one uh, uh, coming out of that. And then I think, I think we're 13 and three because I think we're going to lose a couple games down the stretch. Uh, the, the, the roster, or the, uh, the schedule's just too tough. But 13-3 should be good enough to get us home field advantage. I, again, like I said, I like our chances at home in Heinz Field against New England. Get that monkey off our back. Finally, I think, you know, when you look at the roster, the way it's constructed, um, that we've talked about this all podcast, I think there is depth at every position that you need depth. They have the, the kind of players now in the secondary to actually run the style of defense that you need to beat Tom Brady. 
I think the the stuff about them playing more man to man in training camp was not just smoke and mirrors. I think they I think they do intend to play that. Certainly bring in Joe Hayden, a guy who's played press man his entire career. That is what he made his he, that's what he made his money on. That's his bread and butter. Uh, that Artie Burns was a press man corner in college. I would I expect to see more of that. I expect to see growth out of a lot of the young guys. I think this team. I, I think. Look, it, it, they know it's too, it, to say it's Super Bowl bust is, is obvious, right? The, the team knows it's Super Bowl or bust. Kevin Colbert is building a roster as if it's Super Bowl or bust. Uh, it, it is Super Bowl or bust, and so we have to beat New England. This is the year, whether, whether we play them or not, in the in the championship game. They have to be ready. I think they are ready. Uh, and then in the Super Bowl, we're not going to avoid one of those top quarterbacks, right? We're not we're not going to get to play like, you know, Sam Bradford in the in the. Championship game. We're gonna to have to face like an Aaron Rodgers. I think Joey. I think you're right. I think the the Packers last year were very very close uh, to playing in the in the Super Bowl. They got blown out against against uh, Atlanta because their secondary or because their yeah their secondary just wasn't good enough. Um, they had some of the same problems that we had. I think you know they can shore some of that stuff up. They've got Ty Montgomery now as their running back, um, who I think is a one of the better running backs in the league. A converted wide receiver turned running back. Who knew? But he had, he ended up being one of the best. Um, I like the Packers. I like Packers Steelers as a rematch. And again, you know, this is it. This is the year. Because I really do feel like when we when we fast forward now to to the February, the second week of February, and we're starting we're doing our season recap, we're gonna be talking about Ben Roethlisberger retiring and what this team is gonna have to do in twenty eighteen to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Are we trading up in the draft? Are we getting a free agent? You know. That the uh, you know, and I think uh, Joe, I think we're gonna be talking about a lot about Blake Bortles on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the are all realistic. I think I think this is it. This is win or die. So interesting season. Do you think Ben retires if we win the Super Bowl? Yes. Is that what you're saying? I think Ben retires no matter what. I don't think Ben comes back. I don't think he retires if we win the Super Bowl. I got I another he wants scenario. to go for back to back. You're gonna like my scenario. Let's hear it. Be very specific. Steelers lose to the Browns in the opener, and then they don't lose again. Oh baby, I would love it. But but here's the thing. Here's the extra part. I just thought about this. The Dolphins challenge for the AFC East, okay? And when the Patriots come to town, it's a must win. They have to win the game or they're going to get knocked out of the playoffs by the Dolphins. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going into fantasy land, but I'm, okay. I'm, I'm with you. Yo, I'm in fantasy land. I'm in fantasy land. And the Steelers blow them out. They blow them out. Blow them out. Like, you know, six. Ben throws six touchdowns. Le'Veon goes for 200. It's a it's a freaking fun fest from the from the opener, yeah. You know we didn't yeah, that, that me, we didn't have any of those games last year. The the six touchdown like remember we threw fifty on Indy two years ago. I mean my god, yeah. that was it was unbelievably good with Martavis. And I think we forget just how good and how powerful this offense can be when you put all these pieces together. Because last year it was such a mishmash of oh it's Colby Hamilton, it's Darius Hayward Bay, it's it's a little bit of Eli Rogers and. You know, it was just a, a complete mishmash of players. Whereas this year, look you out. Gel. Look out. Need to gel. Hey, I have a specific prediction for game one. Are you ready for this? For Steelers-Browns? Steelers-Browns. Sammy Coates catches a pass. He starts running towards the end zone, but he gets turned around and he starts running the wrong way <laughs> because he sees all the Steeler jerseys, right? But then he fumbles, and who picks it up? Of course, Joe Hayden picks it up, and he gets turned around. And what does he, what does he do? Of course, he runs the wrong way because he's looking at all the Browns jerseys, and he's confused. He runs he's into the dog pound. Joe Hayden's going to score a safety. 
Yes. Right. He's going to score a safety into the dog pound, and he's going to jump up, and everyone's going to, you know, he's going to jump up in the dog pound and congratulate him. And he's going to think he's in a Browns uniform how, and score a touchdown. How great is it that we're actually going to have Joe Hayden versus Sammy Coates, but on opposite teams? That's just week one. It's just so weird. No way. There's no way. No suspense. Just no, do it. Just do you think that's straight off the top? Do you think they'll trade jerseys after the game? <laughs> Hayden will be like, I got, I got plenty. I got, I don't need it. I got plenty. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? The classic hour and a half Steeler country, uh, as it was meant to be on our 200th podcast. All right. Here's the 200 more guys. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, Steeler country at gmail.com is the email address. The podcast or the website is Steeler country podcast. Dot com. You can follow me on Twitter. I like to live tweet uh, the games. I'll try to live tweet as many of the regular season games, including this Sunday uh, against the Cleveland Browns. One o'clock start for the Steelers. Actually, one thing I just read is they moved the Dolphins Bucks game. It will no longer be played in Miami. Now they're thinking about delaying this game to November. But the other thing they're considering is putting the game potentially in either Pittsburgh or Philly. So Heinz Field, although it won't be having a Steeler game in it this Sunday, it potentially could have football in the form of Bucks dolphins Interesting there. Uh, so, yeah, follow me on Twitter. At Steeler Country is the uh, Twitter. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere podcasts are found. Search, search for Steeler Country. You show up there. We will see you next week after the Browns game.